come take a listen and a pause to all of the flow. To the places of wonder and thoughts with insights to grow. So take a sit or a walk, perhaps with a pot of tea, to explore flow beyond what the eyes may see. yourself to be in sync with something whether that be with another person or an experience or a thought well in this episode we explore synchronicity in its many facets including what it means to experience synchronicity how it relates to flow how to be in it what it means to come out of it and much more hope you stay with us breathing what do i say where's your script maybe that's the point sarah we're just in sync right now are we though i guess we'll i mean find like in sync on the uncertainty in sync on the uncertainty for sure mm-hmm. whoa okay for listeners there's a tv right in front of us and i don't know if you turned it off no you paused a video and then it came onto this static screen it's not so static it became like just an aerial view of a beach and I think it does that sometimes when it's like it pauses and it's interesting because like I often associate beaches as like that transition point between the conscious and the subconscious like the conscious shore and then the subconscious terrain of the deep sea and I don't know maybe it's not a synchronicity though it does somewhat relate in my mind to what we're going to be talking about today which is synchronicity and flow literally the flow of waves my friend we are seeing on the screen and we did not predict that which is pretty cool surely that can't be a coincidence (laughs) (laughs) thank you nice i don't know how to go from there Mm -hmm. yeah just gotta ride the waves my friend what about synchronicity draws your interest or like pulls me in like the, the yeah. tide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean like it was your idea to do this topic today. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there there does seem to be um a gravitational pull these days with synchronicity. Part of me just like keeps wanting to go back to the video of the shore that's being played on the screen right now and just watch the ocean almost as a point of reference or like symbolic point of reference for this conversation. Synchronicity to me feels like the confirmation of a flow that's happening. So a flow of ideas, beliefs, an internal flow that's being reflected on the outside and it's confirming on the external. And I also feel like synchronicity can be in points of transition between that shore of conscious and unconscious or between external transitions that we might be facing synchronicities if we pay attention and if we're aware of them they can point us in a direction of more ease and more flow flow as in something that just feels natural to us that is the natural next step 
And so I often think of synchronicity as something so vital to flow because it actually is like this dynamic check-in and confirmation of this flow that is really bound up with like our own authenticity. And I feel like part of synchronicity and flow is like sometimes the flow isn't necessarily even evident in the moment. I don't think synchronicity is a unitary experience. Like I think you need to have several to understand how you got to that point. So I think it can take a while to realize the flow of the experience because as like a unitary experience, it might just seem like innocuous, like it doesn't really mean much. And then you realize, oh, well, because of that, then this happened and that happened. It's like a flow yet to be realized. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, this idea, because there does seem to be like a tipping point at which a certain event or a certain synchronicity then tips us into unveiling the whole like link of connections to have created or to have manifested what's before us Mm. and what feels particularly meaningful that has manifested in the external world that somehow matches something really deep inside of us that Mm. seems to be true and what's interesting is that it's quite a subjective phenomenon right so there's a lot of pushback I think in this culture something that's not quote-unquote objective it's kind of like how how is this really true and it, it comes back to this idea of only you can really know there is an inner knowing that expresses itself and that has almost like feeling tones and signals that can almost like confirm these synchronicities only if we are listening kind of think of it like when you have a certain sign or certain symbols or significance you know see environments like then you you have like this filter like you become more aware of it Mm -hmm. so I kind of think that like with synchronicity of sometimes you don't Like, you can't really seek it out, but, like, you can notice when it's happening. Absolutely. And I feel like also, like, before we go deeper into this, we should pause and, like, talk a bit about maybe how to define synchronicity and sort of how the term has been coined. So I'll share a bit of what I learned. Yeah, go for it. The term synchronicity was brought about by psychologist Carl Carl Jung. (laughs) Yep. My man. (laughs) Homie. Sorry, I'm really into you. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I just want to cut you off for a minute mm-hmm. and say to the listeners that the ocean, the aerial view of the ocean that was going in the background on the TV screen just like shut out, just became black. Was that symbolic? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe there needs to be like a linkage of events that make it symbolic in the end, but... We can't ever plan this stuff, Sarah. It might be nothing at all. Oh, yeah. And also, I will also interject that we are together in person, if that wasn't obvious yet. <laughs> brought together again. Brought together again. Mm-hmm. Yes, back to synchronicity mm-hmm. is termed by psychologist, psychologist Carl Jung. Young? Young. Young. Basically, the idea of synchronicity from Carl Jung was that synchronicity is essentially like a causal connecting principle a causal right Mm -hmm. so it's this idea kind of think of like dot sort of this line where one thing sort of leading to the other like something will lead to this but it's 
it's not known in that moment of like what will happen later on. Originally, um, Carl Jung wanted to sort of understand the internal external world and sort of like what can merge that because we have realities in both places, right? And so he wanted to find a way to sort of validate our internal experience while also interacting with our external world. Um, And originally it was a psychological concept, again, going back to our own psyche and our... (laughs) There's a cat. There's a cat. He's very cute and had his paw just kind of come down on the couch. Very distracting. Yeah. A welcome distraction. Uh, And basically this idea of like the psychological concept is how do we, how do we like relate our internal external world together? And he felt that the synchronicity was sort of a bridge between that. This idea of this causal connecting principle is both also a concept of meaningful experiences um, and that these meaningful experiences are meaningful because they can have some type of emotional impact, um, can change some type of trajectory in one's life, and that it's not necessarily sought out. So this idea of like your life is changed by seemingly chance and that you're not, there's no necessary like resistance or um, push to have a certain experience. Mm-hmm. It's more of you may say like yes or no to a certain experience and then that may seem it, and then something else happens mm-hmm. that came about from that. It's like maybe like this type of ease, this type of like flow that sort of these things came together, like an amalgamation mm-hmm. that like relate to each other in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think something really interesting to note here about this definition is the a causal part. So it's not one thing leads to another in a direct way. There's actually it it's almost seemingly impossible to connect back to like maybe how they relate um, in a causal way. And so I want to highlight that because you can't make it happen. You can align with things, right, in, in your internal life that then might be expressed in your external, but there's always this element with synchronicity that it's the unexpected, And even in that unexpected, it still connects back to something meaningful to you that you've aligned with Mm -hmm. internally. So there is something very connective about it and something very, yeah, I mean, in the definition, synchronous, something that connects you to something else that seems seemingly impossible to connect to. There's another element of this, not just that we can't make it happen, but that because we can't make it happen, we have to let go of our plans, of our need for a certain outcome. So sometimes we have this belief that like, if I believe X, Y thing, if I have this value or want this outcome, it has to look a certain way. And I'm gonna do X, Y, Z thing in order to make it manifest, right? And the interesting thing about synchronicity here is that you actually have to let go of what the manifested outcome is going to look like. I think that the really surprising and magical thing about synchronicity is that even if it's unexpected, even if it's not how it's supposed to go as planned, even if 
there are trials and tribulations along the way, all of those connecting factors that lead to the moment that align with back to your vision, your values, your beliefs, that is always going to align back to actually the truest thing that you want to manifest in the world. It's just never how it you think it will be. Mm. And it and it's just quite humbling. And so there's lots of like lessons tied into this theme. And also really connecting back to flow because when we flow, we actually have to let go of our resistance to a certain outcome, to a certain way of it coming into form. Mm-hmm. We hope that this conversation so far has found some relevance in your own life or maybe brought about new questions or thoughts previously unexplored. And now we're going to transition into synchronicity in the context of resistance and what it means to move through and challenge these barriers that we have in our internal and our external realities. Commenting on the resistance aspect, I think that's really hard because it's this idea of synchronicity we might not know in the moment, right? Like the outcome. And so it's hard sometimes, I think, to let go because you're living in this, like, one particular moment. And so you, like, one letting go, like, I have to let go of this potential opportunity, this thing in the unknown to go into the unknown. And because synchronicity might not show itself, it might not be evident for an indefinite future, indefinite duration. I think it's difficult for people sometimes to go into that uncertainty and like to embrace that flow yeah because this idea of like resistance is sometimes it is good to push through resistance because it's like where does that resistance come from like is it internal resistance mm. is mm-hmm. there external resistance like what are the barriers and mm-hmm. sometimes you can like know yourself enough to know like that something is worth pursuing so i'm going to resist these external barriers which is a, it's also a sign of dedication, right? Mm-hmm. Persistence, which is often a termed beneficial quality, especially in like Western society, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's internal resistance. And so this is idea of like when to accept the resistance and when to move past it. Because mm. I think Ooh. as like... <laughs> Such a good question. Because like this idea of synchronicities, I'm thinking is definitely a, like a letting go of resistance. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think this idea, maybe this connects a bit to intuition mm-hmm. because it's also something like, you know, that I struggle with. How do you discern between intuition and conditioning? Mm. And I kind of think of like intuition as synchronicity and conditioning, but as resistance. There's sometimes that internal battle of like, what is what? Mm-hmm. And like when to sort of, again, like you said, let the thing go and then maybe synchronicity and the flow will reveal itself or when to say like no mm-hmm. and then to like resist to resist and then sort of see what comes from that yeah oh my gosh there's so many like places i could branch off from what you just said i think the first thing to to comment on what you're talking about like how to know like is that we have to also be humble it's it's coming back to being humble about like we are humans right and that we will make mistakes and it's actually the making mistakes the being out of alignment the going down the wrong path (laughs) is actually the thing that 
lets you understand what actually is synchronicity, what actually is intuition. Like I've lived a lot of my life knowing that I was intuitive, but not following it. Mm-hmm. And it was that very thing that allowed me to really awaken to my own intuition. You can say awaken, you can say come into it, learn about it, just really want to explore it because I spent so much of my time not cultivating it. And so it's because of that that I have such an interest in it now because I see what life is like when I don't follow it. I've experienced that. And so I honestly think that like it's it's really wonderful to talk about like what's the best way to follow your intuition, but like even if you know you hear this and you're like, you know, screw intuition, like screw synchronicity, this is all a little bit too woo-woo new agey for me. That's fine. If if it doesn't connect with you, maybe that's you know, your own intuition speaking, right? That this isn't what you need to be hearing right now. But really ask yourself, is the resistance that I'm getting from the external or the internal, is that something that in the moment is worth enduring? As in like, are there moments of joy in the process? If you're just thinking about the goal and nothing else but the goal and being miserable along the journey, then I would say that's almost like disconnecting yourself from an authentic living, which is actually being in flow. Because if you're not connecting to kind of a deeper well of purpose and joy, like in the process of achieving your goal, my question is the goal, will it just that joy be temporary or short-lived once you achieve it, right? So in my mind... It's really important to ask, like, why am I, like, for example, if you choose to go on, like, this hero's journey of, like, I'm going to set out and do this thing and, like, not follow anyone else's agenda but my own, right? It's really courageous to, like, go and be that bold out in the world and, like, have that courage and, like, do the thing and what you were talking about, have that sort of dedication to something that you really, really care about. But I think one of the problems that can happen is that if we have such a fixed view of what that will look like or how that will manifest for us. And so sometimes we have to let go of like how it will look. And sometimes that means like failing or taking three steps backwards. And so really what what is a little bit challenging for us to like navigate in our lives in an embodied sense is like nonlinear progression. Because we could be taking one step and then be taking three steps down or not even steps, but just kind of this having experiences that are gain, loss, gain, loss. But then there's a trigger point, right, in in those experiences that trigger it into something very, very meaningful. Like we needed all of those experiences in order to experience this one meaningful Mm -hmm. one that has changed our life forever. And so, yeah. There's so much about letting go in this and there's so much about actually letting go of our own inner resistance, but also persevering through outer resistance. And if something is a loss for us, maybe it's only a loss in the sense of like what we envisioned in our fixed view. And maybe it's not actually a loss in terms of our core values and beliefs of like that vision we hold if that makes sense yeah what came up for me is the word expectations Mm -hmm. i was thinking you know what you just commented on 
what does a loss really mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a loss sometimes comes from the expectation of an outcome or like what is perceived to be needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. This thing that was really, really wanted mm-hmm. and that it happened or it didn't turn out the way it was desired or it, you didn't even have an opportunity to experience it, whether that be a job or an experience or a relationship or like whatever it is. And so like, the expectation of certain experiences can be felt as a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, as, like, much of life, there is, like, there's a lot that can be obviously, like, learned in these perceived losses. And, again, I think it could be, like, a paradigm mental shift of, like, well, what if we can sort of, like, let go of these expectations? Mm -hmm. Then, like, what is really, what is really lost? Mm -hmm. Because a loss almost feels like, like, the outcome shouldn't have happened. Right. And I think it's hard to know, like, well, what does it mean to, like, know something shouldn't shouldn't have happened? Sometimes something isn't always evident in the moment. So maybe it was something that, like, like was okay to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the holding on to of, like, that thing. Yeah. That, like, we really thought we, like, needed or wanted. Oh, yeah. So much of synchronicity flow, everything we're talking about is bound up also in attachment. Mm. The gripping hands of, like, I want this thing. And often this thing is like a particular version of a reality, right? And there's lots of like different ways that visions, beliefs, thoughts, things in our internal world can manifest. So sometimes when we lose that particular thing that holds a lot of meaning for us, maybe we can feel like that's the loss of the meaning and we won't ever have that back again in this world. But sometimes I find that when we lose that, life is almost like reorganizing itself Mm. in alignment with what we're putting out. It's like whatever we put out comes back to us. I think it's also interesting what you noted about how synchronicities are not just these really amazing like life-changing events. There's not a particular valence to them. It's not like they're always good things that happen to us, right? Sometimes synchronicity can actually be seemingly bad. But like, then we have to question, was it really that, was it really bad? Mm-hmm. Or with the good things, was it really good? It, it, it seems to me that synchronicity doesn't have a particular tendency towards good or bad. It's almost like a, a very big spectrum of experiences that all along this continuum have this connecting principle, the a-causal connecting principle that ultimately holds a lot of meaning for us and can change our lives. Or let me ask you, like, have you ever experienced something that felt like a loss at the time, but then ended up being something that caused a shift that was actually, like, a gain? Yeah, I need a moment to think about that. What are ways in which synchronicity has shown itself in your own life? what comes to mind for you perhaps take this moment to pause and then when you're ready we will continue on into some examples of synchronicity and how it can inform us of the path in this uncertainty and certainty that we may experience something that's coming to my mind is um, i studied abroad in denmark and something that I was really interested in was traveling to other countries. And I really wanted to travel with other people. 
um, so that would be, like, a really great way to connect and experience, and then I was, like, like, hesitant to travel alone, because I just was uncertain on how I'd, like, feel, like, being by myself in those spaces, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'd feel like I need, I need another person to be around with to have, to have meaningful experiences, like, shared experiences with someone. I had, like, a lot of resistance in these experiences and struggles, because I did a couple of trips with some people, and those were actually the ones where I, like, had some regret in. Mm. Regret in feeling like I wanted it too much. And other moments where I'm, like, I kind of just, like, broke off from people. Because mm-hmm. I felt like like an obligation, like a tug to, like, be with these people. And then I was thinking, like, why? Like, why do I just... Why did I feel a need to be around people just to be around them? It's almost like I'd rather be by myself. Mm-hmm. And one of the experiences I ended up traveling to a really beautiful place. My mom actually flew across the country to be with me. And it came about because I couldn't find someone to travel with. And I wanted to go to this place. And I thought, wow, I mean, who knows what it, what a, what it would have been like with other, those people, though. I felt like certain experiences just wouldn't have happened. And those experiences were very meaningful because they are very memorable to me. And I feel like I learned a lot in those experiences. And I think this ties back to synchronicity because I felt like there was a loss in the initial knowing of like what I thought was the outcome. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of resistance. I think that resistance in hindsight was like a sign that I should have like let go sooner. I was pushing because mm-hmm. I wanted this. And then when I didn't have it, I thought, oh, well, that's a loss. And then as like a catalyst, I ended up feeling like, probably more joyful and desired experiences once I, like, sort of let other things kind of come into place. hmm Yeah. hmm I'm just struck by the comment you made, like, I should have let go sooner. Just connecting back to something that we discussed a little bit before about how actually the moments that we resist the most and, like, attach the most are, like, the greatest lessons, right? Because it's only through you experiencing that and going through that, do you actually have the experience that you have and are able to reflect in the ways that you can? Like, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so, yeah, so I just appreciate you sharing that to, like, give a really direct example of how maybe you were resistant to these synchronicities and maybe weren't actually aware that they were synchronicities at the time, but, like, upon reflection, can maybe see that 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 was some sort of constellations that later then connected. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of conditioning around what we're expected to do and how we're expected to behave and how we're expected to think and feel. And I mean, and then also with the more scientific rationalist like worldview of seeing things in objective reality and not so much trusting our inner experience and more so looking to the external to find truth that we often when it comes to our internal like more intuitive felt senses we tend to reject them and I feel that only through the conscious experience of rejecting it and knowing what it's like to reject it um, that we can see how much like suffering that creates really or like um, just unnecessary resistance it can create which is actually like one of the greatest catalysts and like I could branch off in a lot of different directions here Mm -hmm. though I will say like 
just recently, I've really had to struggle and come to terms with how much do I trust synchronicity? How much do I trust my own intuition? And like receiving these confirmations and like how much can I remain in a state of uncertainty and a state of liminality as a sort of flow-like state, right? Because, you know, just a month and a half ago, I left 10 months at a monastery. I ordained for three months. So was in the monastic tradition, then like quickly left that period, knowing that there was something more for me, but not knowing what that was. And it took a lot of trust and a lot of actually cultivating almost like my own intuition, which led to more moments of synchronicity that allowed me to make those bigger changes, which was to leave this experience and to not know what I was going to do and to remain in the state of not knowing. Mm-hmm. But along the way, like in, in this past month and a half, it's been a real like, like deeply challenging, but like opening time for these lessons of synchronicity because I've had a lot of experiences of like trying to find jobs, trying to find housing where I almost feel like I've been hitting dead ends. Like I've been in almost like a labyrinth and it's Mm. extremely frustrating to know that like you write the cover letter, you, you know, you, you do all of this to find the job, to find the place, to feel comfortable, to feel secure, which is like the ego's real desire what it wants the most is to for you to feel comfortable and secure and so oftentimes in those moments of not knowing and needing to feel comfortable and secure we can often get lost in the ego's fixations manifested in the mind in the thinking mind so what will often happen something i've noticed is that the mind will create stories about how things should go of like oh, don't you see? This apartment is perfect. It's right by the bus stop. It's right by the park. Um, it has all the amenities. But yet I feel still feel like something's off and I don't know what, right? But like, how can you rationally explain that, right? You can, you can like create the story of, well, this is the best place that I found so far, so let me just make that decision because of X, Y, Z. And I can give myself all the reasons why it would be a good good idea i can check off all the boxes but you know what i still feel like something's not right and so it's been a real struggle and a real moment of like can i actually tune into just a deepening of trust that there will be a synchronicity or that this is the synchronicity like the dead end is the synchronicity the feeling inside is the synchronicity and that's flowing me into something different but I don't know what it is yet so how how much can I trust just remaining in this state of not knowing yeah I just want to like add on to that in terms of like another example that that I have and it reminds me of the word that you said liminality mm-hmm. of like how to be in that like in between state because the example that I gave had already happened right the example that you gave has happened and it's still it's literally it's still, still, it's happening. still happening um and i also have one that i feel like i'm experiencing now as you know <laughs> i've taken a very strong interest to psychedelics mm-hmm. uh specifically from an academic perspective um and just you know the intersection with pharmacy and and health and healing and i realized for myself that at the moment it's a path that i want to pursue 
As How do you career. know that? I think it is the first topic that I have, like an intellectual topic, not a creative endeavor, that I've sought to learn outside of my set curriculum. Because I think we get so focused on like, this is what I need to learn. What is it that I want to learn? How does it manifest within you, for example? Is it like thinking, oh, I need to do this? Or like, is it a feeling that you get? Like, what, what's the impulse that takes you down this road? Um, part of it, I think it's just a constant curiosity. Mm-hmm. And like, I constantly just want to learn it. I don't feel an obligation to learn. It's almost like something's animating you. Like an energy is animating you when you're exploring this topic of like constant renewal almost i feel like i am like diving into something that like i'm dipping my toes into something that i think i'm am like diving into and i'm just like now looking around and i this relates to synchronicity because as you know i've been like wanting to get an in-depth experience right and so i've been looking for tangible experiences like research endeavors and projects Mm -hmm. and I've gone down a whole path, very much self-directed, right, of reading an article and then reaching out to someone in that lab and then arranging to meet with that person and then having a conversation and then I learned something and I perceive that as, like, a dead end sometimes because, like, nothing necessarily, like, tangible came from that, right? So I'm like, oh, is it a loss just to have a conversation? Mm. Because it's like, I have this certain angle I want. Mm -hmm. And then I want to meet with someone and I'm intrigued and they say, oh, we're not accepting anyone. They recommend me to someone else. And I meet with them and I'm like, (laughs) this is not a fit. But this won't work. And there was also some opportunities that I thought could happen that haven't happened yet. And this opportunity that I'm waiting to hear back from, that I haven't heard back from. So then part of me is wondering... In the opportunity that I haven't heard back from, is it a sign that, like, it shouldn't happen? Or how much of it should I persist it and not resist it because I feel like it is worth pursuing, Mm -hmm. even though I don't know if it is? And then in the opportunities that I thought were going to happen that weren't, my initial thought is that is a loss Mm -hmm. and I feel disappointment. Mm -hmm. So how do I know if it is a loss? Right. And so it's just like, I feel like I'm living in that synchronicity, that liminal space of like, there are so many opportunities that exist. And so it's like, what is the attachment for this one that I think is the one? Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't happen, how much of it do I feel like is a loss? Mm -hmm. Or how much do I take of it as a, this is not like the right moment for me. Right. That's such a good question. And I do want to actually mention that I've been on the phone with you and you've mentioned that opportunities or events or things about psychedelics have started to like almost come to you as well as having things being turned down. I've just noticed like you've, you've kind of been on this investigation for about a year now. Right. Um, and so talking to you over time, I've actually noticed that like maybe within the past, let's say four months, you're picking up on things that are almost like coming to you in terms of like information or events or like connections of people. Mm -hmm. And even being in the car with you today, we were listening to 
um, a podcast about psychedelics and there were like several people on this podcast or like people that were mentioned on this podcast that you had talked to and that you didn't know that they would like come up on this podcast, but that they did. Mm-hmm. And it was the, that synchronicity that almost was like a confirmation of like what you're putting out and like the, the curiosity and the interest that you're putting out, which almost feels like this inner knowing you have of like, I need to pursue this. I need to pursue this topic. Mm-hmm. But the topic is so vast right and so it's like all of these things are not working out for me does that mean that I need to just like completely not pursue the topic altogether Mm. Mm. yeah that gets me to this idea of these different spheres right so like I want to go back to resistance Mm -hmm. of like resistance doesn't mean dropping everything like kind of think of it like if we're going to follow this like psychedelic example right you could say well Sarah, like, you haven't found a concrete opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. So is that a sign of raw? And I'm going to say, no, mm-hmm. that's not a sign. I'm going to resist that. Like, I'm resisting, like, if you take psychedelics as, like, one big circle, and then everything in is, like, different ways of learning, like, mm-hmm. films, people in labs, research opportunities, right? Like, I am resisting the rejection. You know what you're resisting, actually? You're resisting a storyline, that's not aligning you into your own flow. Because the storyline is, okay, that is a sign that I should stop doing this. And that's a story that you've mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. So you're resisting that story. It's like you're dropping it and letting it go. Yeah. I'm resisting, like, among... Someone, someone could think, well, you've had all these necessarily, like, resistance, so maybe generally psychedelics is not for you. I resist that because I, like, feel strongly that, like, I should follow this. Mm-hmm. There's, like, these, like, scales of resistance. Like, macro scale resistance. I think of generally psychedelics and I say I resist saying no to that. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, these more, like, micro scale, like, intra-resistance. Mm-hmm. Like, in, inside this bigger part. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've had a lot of resistance within that. And I'm willing to, like, push past it. Because I feel so strongly about it. And so I think it goes back to this idea of like when to push past resistance mm-hmm. and on like di- different dimensions, different levels that like resistance can show itself in. Well, I wonder if like you could reframe it as not like pushing back resistance because that kind of implies that you're just putting stress on the system and it's in a constant state of stress. Of, like, mm. Mm, like, oh my God, like I have to pull like a push a train back to the place that I wanted it to be but rather like I think of it as like I'm in a labyrinth and it's this like mysterious terrain and it's like I don't know where I'm going like I can only see the next step like it might be dark and foggy right and so because I can only see the next step and because I'm in like this weird like corridor yeah obviously like I'm just gonna go to the next step that feels like intuitively right Mm-hmm. Um, based off of maybe synchronicities that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, synchronicities of losses of like, okay, I need to move on, next step, like pivot. This this synchronicity of, nope, stop, this opportunity hasn't happened, this is a loss, okay, I need to pivot. Where do I need to go next? Sometimes the things that we actually need to do that are in service of this higher purpose of psychedelics, and maybe it's an even higher purpose than that, and psychedelics is just a way to carry out that mission for you is that sometimes we need to do like for example something that seems completely unrelated 
to psychedelics in order to actually connect those dots and do the things that is going to be that tipping point for us that holds that meaningful experience that will then change the mm-hmm. course of our lives. Yeah, I feel like I'm more inclined to try to have that mentality that you said about the labyrinth because I think, like exactly what you said, pushing through that resistance almost seems like a constant strain on the system. It's just for me sort of figuring out like what does it mean to like feel a loss and like moving forward. Mm-hmm. And almost feels like I'm like trying to pull a weight that's like pulling me down because mm-hmm. it's like the pulling me down is like the nose and I'm like trying to like go up this hill and like move through it. Yeah, I think something very just I noted right away you said I'm trying to move through it. So it's like you're creating this separation between me that's trying to exert something onto the system. And I think when we talk about synchronicity, it's almost like this connecting principle, right? Going back to the A-causal connecting principle. It's this moment where the external connects with the internal. And, And even if it's a loss, it actually forces us to acknowledge like these wild, vast interconnections that we have. Um, in the earth and the universe we do have like the ability to exert an action onto the system but in another way like what synchronicity I feel like teaches us is that we are embedded in the system and there's almost some sort of um, organizing force that's actually helping us and so maybe we don't need to feel like we have to just do it on our own that's something almost in the background you could say something a bit more mysterious is organizing itself and aligning itself to your vision we are going to meander a bit more and reference some people some quotes and talk about synchronicity in the context of spheres from the individual level to more of society at large recently been reading this book by Sky Nelson Isaacs called Living in Flow and it's a lot about um, the science of synchronicity and there was one quote I just want to share that connects quite well so so under certain conditions space and time can be reduced almost to zero so causality disappears along with space and time So for this reason, synchronistic phenomena cannot in principle be associated with any conceptions of causality. I don't know like any sort of scientific equations to like prove this. I am not a physicist. I'm not a mathematician, though a lot of new science emerging in physics is showing us that space and time can be um, merged into zero or nothingness right and so if that's the case then anything that is contextually dependent on those things also has this quality of like timelessness spacelessness and so if that's the case the things that you align with don't have to depend on time don't have to depend on space and so it can happen either instantly or in a year it can happen anywhere and i think that's just magical 
this sort of reminds me of someone that an interaction that we had with someone jill mm. that, that we met um mm-hmm. sophie's been connected through with at the monastery and so jill said something to the effect of how for a while she was letting life basically live her and at some point she basically allowed like life to live through her can i can i go back yeah um what i think she said was for a while like i was the person that was in the context of life right because there was that separation and then she realized later life is living me so it's almost like an inversion mm-hmm. what you pointed out was i i was um perceiving the it of like the psychedelic experience and myself as like a push and pull like almost like not like rivals sort of in a way mm-hmm. of like wanting something and being like grr at mm-hmm. it <laughs> um, and I think that relates to the quote by Joe because once I sort of maybe like let go of certain outcomes and allow like that like flow of like life then maybe something will will come from it or maybe an actual like acceptance mm-hmm. is like sufficient yeah I mean I think it really starts with a willingness to let go and a willingness to just see what happens almost like um an experiment of like okay let's try this thing Mm -hmm. what happens if I do align myself with these things that I care about yeah I think part of the uncertainty is also like not only like what we as individuals desire Mm -hmm. it's also like how we feel like we should be in society like I think of you know like careers and jobs of like people feel like they have this path that they need to follow oh yeah whether that be from family expectations or maybe like financial burdens or like all these external things that they may actually need right Mm -hmm. and some they perceive that they need based on like society deems success as this this and that and so I think within that there is that like sometimes resistance to like let go of like what something should look like Mm -hmm. because they feel like some people feel like they have to like like resist other ways of being because mm-hmm. they feel like that's how they like have to be right and it's i mean coming back to the ego's need for security and comfort like that is such a strong driving force in our psyche that it it really compels us in many ways to choose things that are out of alignment just out of fulfilling those two core needs and mm-hmm. it's exactly those two core needs that society in many ways like pushes down our throats of having xyz job going to grad school having the family like you know going along this traditional path that promises us comfort and security and and no pushback from other people especially from other people since we're like social creatures we are literally programmed to respond to their reactions it can be very scary and very daunting to do something different especially when we don't know if that's going to be a secure thing for us. We're very uncertain and we don't know how other people are going to react to us. Like all of those things are very, you know, anxiety inducing. And if we don't have enough trust that life is moving through, that life is living us, like Jill said, we can easily fall back into the mentality of we have to control life. 
dominance and control and planning mode and this is how things are storylines onto life it's just interesting because i know a lot of people who have gone down that path of like trying to please and become a certain role what a lot of people will say is i feel stuck i feel stuck it's a felt sense it's an energetic sense and what they're really referring to is like a blockage literally in their body of like things are not flowing things like there's resistance there's and so it's not just like in their actions and their thoughts it's literally down to like the felt sense i feel stuck Mm -hmm. and so that's really signaling like we're out of flow we're out of alignment sometimes like bringing back synchronicity when we're in that place it can be hard to even recognize synchronicity because if we're in such a state of stuckness and kind of on autopilot it can be hard to even be open and observant of what's happening around us in the world because we're stuck we're literally stuck in um, familiar patterns of being so there's not this open receptiveness to what's actually going on right now yeah i kind of imagine it like like a tight knot or like a bind mm-hmm. like how can you start to unravel that mm-hmm. like to have that openness because i think once people like have gone down a path sometimes it's hard for people to feel like they can they can maneuver or they think oh it'll get better i'll keep going down it yeah absolutely that reminds me of uh, a meditation teacher cory muscara i went to one of his meditation retreats back in October I think it was about intuitive guidance it had a lot to do with like you know synchronicity but one thing he said that really stuck with me was it's not about these big moments that feel like life-changing oftentimes he says the best advice he can give is moment to moment what is the pulse or the current that we are being guided towards I can't find the particular quote that I wanted, (laughs) but I did find something that really... She quoted wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quoted wanted Mm -hmm. in very much quotation marks because this is exactly what I'm talking about. I found this quote that really ties in a lot of what we've been talking about so far, and um, I received texts from him. So um, this was a text that he sent on Thursday, December 2nd. Sometimes we don't know yet what we want, but we are able to sense what we don't want. This is enough to guide you in the right direction. It requires openness, trust, and continued listening. It's a waiting period, and it's not okay. (laughs) It is okay to stay there. It's not stagnancy. Just because a chrysalis is still, so like a butterfly, that's not yet a butterfly in that mush stage doesn't mean great change isn't taking place and i feel like that um we said about knowing like it's knowing that it's okay to not know what you want it's okay to know what you don't want this idea that knowing what you don't want that thing can be so many different things it could be very specific like i know i don't want this thing like i know i don't want this job this 
restaurant, this, that. Like, mm-hmm. it can be the event itself. It could also be, like, I know I don't want this feeling that I'm feeling. Mm. Like, the internal experience as well as, like, that relates to the external. So I think the mm-hmm. the knowing part can manifest in a lot of different ways, even mm-hmm. though it might not be, like, tangible to understand, like, why that is being felt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we can trust enough of this kind of intuitive guidance, this inner guidance, you could say, and that synchronicities will help confirm whatever path that we're co-creating with what is around us. You could say the universe, you could say a lot of things, but I'll say the universe. You're co-creating this path with the universe. Even in a state of not knowing, even in a state of transition, even in a, the chrysalis stage, right? Where you don't quite yet know what you want, but you know what you don't want. And you trust enough that you, that life is pulling you in a direction that's for the greatest good for you. That even in that not knowing, there's still knowing of that. And just knowing that, it makes all the difference. But again, you, it's, it's a practice. It's not like tomorrow you're going to wake up and start like trusting that life has your back. Like you got to put yourself in the freaking arena mm. and experiment and do it again and again and again to really cultivate that deep trust that I'm talking about. that this conversation has been beneficial and perhaps insightful to you in some ways and we're going to conclude with some questions and thoughts to leave with maybe like a way that we can sort of transition out of this conversation and like conclude it is to sort of invite listeners and ourselves to be intentional like you were just saying of Like, maybe take this moment now to think, what aspects of your life do you feel resistance in? What certain things are you wanting? How do you feel about that? And are there any changes you want to make? And it may be be a lot of things. It may be challenging. It may be exciting. It may be scary, uncertain, joyful, whatever it is. Like The whole spectrum. I think part of it is, like, noticing the experiences, even in some mundane, to think, this could be something meaningful later on and it may not be known now like Mm -hmm. what will right come later so i want to add on to this question asking endeavor Mm -hmm. and i'm encouraging all of us to really reflect back on a moment where you really felt like you were in flow so when you were really absorbed in something where time felt like it was just non-existent almost like it was just passing by what was that moment and how did you feel and can you come up with anything that connected back to that flow moment so not just what are moments that you felt like you've been in resistance but also on the flip side of that what experiences have led you into flow and something that on on Corey Muscara's retreat on, on inner guidance intuitive guidance that he all asked us, which is another way of framing these questions is, what does a yes feel like in the body? What does a no feel like in the body? And what does a I don't know feel like? Mm. And that can manifest in many different ways. It can be a feeling, an emotion, 
a memory, a thought. But just almost meditate on that. What does a yes feel like? Maybe not even feel like. What is a yes to you? What is a no to you? What is an I don't know to you? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. May the flowing go swell. And so it flows. So it flows.